Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Cliffcentral.com. And you're listening to Animal Central. Wednesday rolls around again. Time for us to talk about all things animal. I'm Sharon Dale. I'm here with Jonas and Claire. Hi, Jono. How's it going, Sharon? It's good. It's good. I thought we'd start the show today. We had an awesome day yesterday. So good. We were out of the office, yep. out in the fresh air. Yep, we did because we attended the Wodak Media Day yesterday. Yep. So what that was was to get all the media together to tell everybody what's going to happen at Wodak this year, all the events, all the celebrities that are going to be there mm-hmm. and of course we're hosting um, with Complete Pet we're doing the Celebrity Dog Challenge mm-hmm. that is going to be so cool we've got celebrities that are going to run the agility course with trained agility dogs um, and people are going to make pledges uh, while this is all happening and at the end of the day all the money raised is going to go back to shelters and, and Wodak's actually going to double that amount yeah, which for every rand great. that they make they, yep, they they're going to double it so, so that is great news and we've got our own uh, Cusper de Fris. Yes, Cusper. He's one of the celebrities, which I must just say, yesterday at the event, he just made it. He, he was soaked so it up. Eh? He, funny. He was in his element. You know, he loves animals and <laughs> yes. he, he loves talking to people and he was just so, mm. so happy there. But he's sort of like the star of the show, I feel. Oh, he always is. Yeah. And I think what I've really found so funny is, you know, Wodak stands for World of Dogs and Cats and he changed it to it was Women or Dogs Against Children. Yeah. <laughs> so that was quite good. And then we've got Damon Calvary, yeah. that's also going to be yeah. very Because we all know he's watch. a big dog lover. Mm, yeah. Yes. Uh, and then we've got you, Jono. You're going to be representing yes. Animal Central. I'll be representing us because, you know, Sharon, you're going to be busy with your own canine stand yes. at, at Wodak and uh, but then also we've got some other actresses. Uh, we've Stevie got Stevie French. French. Um, are we working with a couple of other great celebrities that yeah. are going to are we, be are, there? Are we allowed to reveal them all? Yes, we actually can. Francois LaRue, Stevie French. Um, are we hoping Nicole Flint will be there as well? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a fun, awesome. fun day. That's awesome. on the 19th of July. That's on the Sunday. So, so get out to Wodak this year. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, 17th, 18th, and 19th at Gallagher State. And apparently, awesome as event. they walk in the door, they're going to see your stand, Sharon. Yes, canine as zone. you walk in, Canine Zone stand uh-huh. is there. We're there representing. We're going to do all the magazines. We got great um, deals on greenies for cats this year, mm-hmm. courtesy mm-hmm. of Darrow. So that's going to be great. I think they normally go for about 74 rand. We got them for 25 rand. Mm-hmm. And then again, a lot of the proceeds that we get are going to is also going to go back to. Soweto Animal Rescue. Awesome. We had Jerry Silwani mm-hmm. in the studio. Great guy. And we're going to give proceeds proceeds to him because they need it and deserve it. Well, also because of Wodak, we've met a lot of new guests mm, that are going to be did. joining on us the show. Lots of we interesting did. people. Yeah. Uh, the lady who teaches her dogs to dance. Uh, yes, that was Ronnie Magic. And that they're all rescue awesome. and dis- rescued and disabled, and disabled. dogs. Yeah, some were deaf, performed. some were blind, and mm. they did all these amazing tricks. We got to meet Neapolitan Mastiffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was yes. scary. <laughs> yeah, which which is uh, the dog like Hagrid in Correct. Harry Potter. That's Correct. how I identify with those dogs. They're and I had huge. a good laugh at that yesterday, Johnny, because we asked this young chap, "Are these dogs fine with people?" Because they really look they grumpy, are, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. happy to be there. And he goes, "Yeah, they're fine." Just, not, Just with not with strangers. And as he says this, John has got his face yeah, like yeah. 10 centimeters from the dog. I've always been like that. I've had to learn the hard way a few times, you know. 
But you know, when you love dogs, you just want to get up there and, yeah. and touch them. But this is actually something I wanted to talk about just before we get into our other story, Sharon, mm. is having that uh, need to pet dogs is fine. But when it comes to service dogs, it yeah. can really do the person and the dog a disfavor if yeah. you are going up to them and petting them. Uh, recently, a young girl whose dog was supposed to alert her of her um impending uh, epileptic attack uh, failed to do so because he was only a very young puppy a uh, very young dog rather and uh, he was distracted by people petting him and he didn't warn her uh, she subsequently thought she had 10 minutes before the attack when he did warn her but it was actually much less much than less. that uh, she uh, sustained some facial injuries oh, and things like no. that because she didn't have time to call anyone for help she fell on the floor she got carpet burn so this story has been circulating on social media and that's how I picked up on it and um, I think that's an important issue mm. to remember that mm. these dogs are actually at work and as yes. cute as they are because they are always the most beautiful dogs yeah you want to go and say hi these service mm. dogs yeah you really have to be careful and and yeah. maintain that professional boundary with yes because they've got this focus yeah. and and if you distract them they lose that focus exactly exactly and it could be dangerous very dangerous exactly. for the owner and then another thing i wanted to just bring up is uh it is winter now but i think it still applies and that is when you take your dog for a walk to remember that they heat pads Pads are not uh, heat proof. They what, are their pads they're, on their feet. Yeah, yeah, they're paw pads. And uh, yeah, this is also another story that's doing the rounds. And it, it, you actually see these dogs that have uh, sort of cysts burnt mm. into them, or mm, it's horrible. Right. So they say the test is before you take the dog for the walk, feel the pavement. If you can hold your hand there for thirty seconds without yes. sustaining a burn, it's fine. If you okay. cannot, it is not fine too hot. to walk your dog on that. On their paving. I think, especially in Africa, exactly. in South Africa, yeah. that tar heats up. Well, we must remember when when summer does come around again, just to mm. to bring that up again. She can get little booties, you know that. She can actually <laughs> get little booties to put on them so that they don't. But I don't think you should ever take your dog for a walk in the heat of the day. Um, early morning, late afternoon is the best time because they can get heat, heat stroke mm, mm. as well as burning their little paddy paws. Exactly, so not a good exactly. idea. But now the rest of the show, well, just going back to Odo. Yes. Um, I was going to say yesterday, one of the, the dogs that I enjoyed the most was, did you see the, the hairless dogs? I, I saw the hairless cats. Oh, yeah, I, and the uh, hairless, hairless cats. cats yeah. They were Awesome. Yes, yes. So we saw a lot of um, rare breeds there. We found our cover star for the next yeah, issue. Yeah, you the were rough actually collie. doing some model scouting <laughs> yes, while you were I there, was. and you, there was a, a rough collie that yes. really impressed you. And our cover boy is he's going to be your new star on your yep, magazine. Yep, he's going to be the October issue. We're doing rough collies. So, Such beautiful so dogs. You got to, you got to always tell and scout and all the rest. Exactly. But no, it was a fun, fun day. So remember to get out to Wodak, and we do have two sets of double tickets to give away to Wodak. I will be posting it after one o'clock on our Canine Zone mm-hmm. Facebook page. Go on there. We'll ask you a question about the current Canine Zone magazine. And yeah, stand a chance to win tickets. It really is an event not to be missed. Yeah, it's their 20th anniversary this year. Correct. And it's, I think it's going to be bigger Cats, than ever. Cats, dogs, reptiles. We also met some reptiles yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yes, of course. It's all animals. Hey, yeah. I know I know. A lot, lot, lots of the time we talk about dogs and cats, but mm. it's really about everything. Everything. And now today on the show, we've got Sonia and Grant uh, coming up. We're going to be talking about nutrition in, in aging dogs, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. how you can help them and, and how it can prevent obesity, arthritis, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. So so Sonia and um, and uh, Grant are from Champion Pet Foods who do Origin and Arcana. We're mm-hmm. going to be finding out more from them. And then you've got somebody waiting for us on the line, something very okay, exciting. Okay, well let's just do a bit of background. Mm. It was about a month or so ago where we get our messages to screen here, Sharon, and people often send us messages. And there was a message 
message sent about uh, from Justin. He's from the Jagamoro Predator Park in Limpopo. Uh, he obviously has a love for these big cats. Mm. And the way I understand the story is their land is under threat. People are threatening to evict them. And these cats, where else are they going to go? Mm. Uh, Justin did agree to uh, join us today, but unfortunately there was a crisis at at the Predator Park and he had to return back. So, Justin, thank you for joining us via the phone. Morning, Jonathan. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Well, it's actually turned out to be one of the most worst days I've ever had in my life. Justin, tell us the story. What's going on there? Okay. What actually happened was... um, uh, back in last year, the property went under liquidation. So with that, um, it went under quite quite a bit. It was about eight million rand that went under, mm-hmm. and um, we actually had property that we could sell off just to save the park, to keep the cash at the reserve, and um, we could have carried on with that. And um, with that, the liquidators haven't uh, given us the excess money that was supposed to be paid back to us within three months, and um, and now uh, this morning when I was on my way to you guys, um, I got a phone call with my mom hysterical screaming that they've come in to dart the cats. They shot one of the cats um, because one of the cats got out. So they've loaded five of my Bengal tigers already, and um, the place is so <laughs> Oh, Justin. Justin, this is, this is terrible news. What a tragedy. You know, if everybody can get to the park, we are in the Kubuzal area. Um, if you guys need to get more information, we are up on Facebook, so you guys can go see everything, how the cats are lying all over, how they've been darted, how they've been loaded, and it's just absolutely disgusting how people can actually do things like this. Justin, so who's doing this? Basically, it was the, the owner, it was basically the owner that bought the part of the property. But now, um, there was a bit of a dispute in the contract where we had to pay in um, to buy our portion of the land back, which yes. is 2.1 million, um, which there is money in the account, and he just refuses to pay it, uh, sign it off now to say that, uh, that uh, the land belongs to us. Yes. And now, all of a sudden, um, he gave us a 90-day contract, but within that 90-day, we counted uh, normal working days from Monday to Friday, and the worst of all, he did this in December, so um, he counted weekends, he counted uh, Christmas days, and everything included in those 90 days. So the minute that we put the money in the account, we thought, okay, we were uh, for the 90 days, and um, he says, no, it's too little, too late, and we had a victim notice. And we've been fighting this case for almost the last three, four months now. And today, we've actually done it that we've come to remove the case. Um, oh, Justin, um, we are having a hard time hearing you. It, it, it is a bad line. Um, I, I really do okay. want to get you back when things have calmed down there. I, I do just want to ask before you go, where are they taking your big cats? What, mm. where I have no idea. That's the worst thing about it. Um, they've loaded five of the cats and uh, they've wounded one of them. So I have no idea what's happening with these cats because I'm on my way there now. And with mm-hmm. that, I've also broken down on the side of the road. Oh, because I've been driving word, a bit too far, Justin. So I'm busy waiting. Now, when you say big cats, what, what are they? Lions, tigers? I'm thinking about 21 big cats of Bengal tigers, Siberian tigers, white lions, brown lions, um, jaguars. I've got Canadian timber wolves. I've got like a whole, I promise you, if you had to go look at my uh, Facebook page of Justin Tiger Boy Fernandez, Sugamara Predator Park, you'll actually see that these cats 
are properly loved. They look after properly. No, we can hear that. Yes. They're not even, they don't even fight with each other so much. I spend between 60 to 70,000 rand out of my own pocket just to feed that. I don't even rely on people to donate Mm. because I know that the meat that I get my cats is better than what most people get in their homes. And Justin, can't you get backup from like the NSPCA or, or somebody like that, the police? We, well, everybody's been getting involved to try and help stop this. Uh, apparently people are uh, blockading the gates that these people don't leave there with the cats. And so there is a, a lot of um, people that are getting involved now to try and keep these cats at the park. But oh. unfortunately, I don't know which cat got hurt. um, Apparently the one got shot and they refused that my mom must go look at the cat because he's got badly hurt in the face. Oh, man. This is just tragic. I don't know if you guys remember the story about Pines of the Tiger. This is how my whole park started with the cat that went missing back in 2010. Oh, right, yes. So this is is the home in the heart of Pines that actually caught everybody's attention back in 2010. Oh, Justin, well, I, I'm sure Jono joins me. Our hearts are with yeah. you. And be strong, go fight the good fight and get your babies back. Well, Justin, yeah, no, I have to. Um, is somebody helping you out? I know you st- are you still stranded on the side of the road. I'm very worried about you, man, you you know. Um, yeah, I'm still stranded there, but I want to see if I can get the car going because I know a bit about mechanics. So hopefully, but if anybody can try and help me out, yeah, I'm on the Miloto Road on the R5 70 towards uh, Marble Hall. Okay, well, Justin, see what you can do there. I will give you a call after the show just to make sure you did come right there. I'm really sorry to hear about this. Uh, We are going to get you back in here. Uh, Just good luck with everything, man, and take care of yourself and do the best with your cats there. Thanks, Justin. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Okay, well. This was emotional. Now you can see why, you know, he was supposed to be in studio, Mm. and, uh, you know, it was a three-hour drive here. He he was, I think, very close to us, and he had to turn around and drive back. I mean, it's just, you know, the, the, the poor man, you can hear how much he loves the, the, the big cats that he's, he takes care of. I know, I, you know, I follow them on Facebook yes. and on Twitter and you must see the photos and how really? these cats interact with them and what how. What was his Facebook page again? Uh, it's at Jagamaro Predator Park. Okay. Um, on Twitter, it's at Save Jagamaro. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Well, please, Jono, you, after the show, let us, let us know, keep us yeah, posted. And yeah. next week we'll probably do a follow up and let you know what happened there or follow his Facebook wall and no. I'm sure he'll keep you posted there as well. We've got to get him in. Um, just, uh, throw forward to next week. We mm. are chatting with, uh, the author Mary Beth Haynes about the power of pets and how yes. they creep up on us, how they become so involved in our lives. It's really going to be an interesting conversation. But yeah, let's talk nutrition, uh, right after this. Yes, right after this. Cliffcentral.com I'm from Australia. Thank you. I, uh... All right, good night. Thank you. It's pretty good. 14 and a half hour flight. I just had to do that. That's pretty good. I left my home. I left my dog. I got a big German Shepherd at home. Anyone got a dog? Has anyone got a cat? Cats are crap. No one likes cats. Watch, make some noise in the room if you're a cat person. Make some noise in the room if you're a dog person. That's because cats are crap. No one likes them because they are scary and unpredictable and will jump on your face at any second with no warning. You're sitting there watching TV and a cat from behind the couch. Like, what the hell was that? I don't even own a cat. Where did that thing come from? 
See, a dog might jump on your face, but it'll put a little look on its face like, I think I'm going to jump on your face. And you've got time to go, no, you're not, you little bastard, get away from me. But a cat just from behind the TV. As I take my big dog down to the park, the off-lead area, so he can play with the other dogs, don't you think people make a judgment on you by the way your dog is behaving in these areas? If your dog's running around being a jerk, everyone just looks at you and goes, you can't handle your pet, can you? My massive German Shepherd is running around humping everyone like he's on spring break. I'm there going, whoa, I didn't teach him that. I don't even know what he's doing. I'm sorry. How is it it's law in Australia you have to pick up your dog's poo in the plastic bag? Is it law here? Do you know what I saw the other day? I saw a lady pick up the poo in the plastic bag and then she attached it to her dog's collar. How cruel is that? Like the poor dog. Imagine what the dog's thinking. Just walking around. I'm trying to pick up bitches here and you've... And you've put a poo on my neck. It's not really helping my chances. How's it going to chat up to other dogs? Hey, how's it going? Oh, this? Nah, just a poo I did earlier. I thought I'd, uh, I thought I'd keep that right there. That does smell, doesn't it? I know. Well, you go around smelling butts all day. This horrifies you, does it? Cliffcentral.com Sure, after that phone call with Justin, I'm feeling quite emotional myself. I mean, that is just so tragic. We've got a couple of WeChat messages, and Daniela says he really, you know, he looks, looks after cats, and now to have this happen, totally heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, Jagamora is amazing. She's been there a few times, and it's absolutely stunning. So our thoughts are really with Justin, and, you know, let's hope something gets sorted out and he gets his cats back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very concerned about the tigers, but I think my immediate mm. concern is him. I mean, he's driving like a maniac to get yeah, back no, there. He's, he's even broken well. down. I just hope he's going to be okay, but we will oh, follow that up. Shame. And, tragedy, and, tragedy. You know, but yeah. let's change tact a little bit. I know we had a bit of a comedy clip, which we'd planned earlier on, <laughs> which we didn't realize. <laughs> our was it, well, it was about cats. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think these are household cats. You know, people yeah, big understand. Difference. <laughs> <laughs> big difference. So now we've got Grant and Sonia in. They are from Champion Pet Foods, who do Arcana and Origin. And we're talking to Today specifically on aging animals. They do have specific needs. They are prone to things like arthritis, obesity, uh, and a couple of other things. So, Grant, Sonia, thanks so much for for joining us today, and um, thanks telling us more about. So, Sonia. What conditions do affect aging animals? And we're talking dogs and cats. Well, as animal age, their systems in the body, they slow down. They're not as effective as they were before, and that comes with a price to their quality of life. Mm. So when you think of all the animals, they're usually not as mobile as uh, as younger animals. Uh, their coat condition tends to look worse. Um, uh, some of them have uh, are a bit senile, just like we see in, in senior yes. people as well. Um, and uh, there's a lot that can be helped with feeding these animals correctly. So okay. so although these processes are normal, you know, as animals age, things will start to slowly break down. There's yes. a lot that you can do to um, either slow down that process or in some cases even reverse it as well. So, Oh, really? Mm. So you yeah. can actually reverse 
some you of can, these conditions. You can reverse it, and we actually we have a uh, we have a 15 year old dog that uh, lives at our office. Actually, she mm. was a, a rescue, and we got her when she was 12. Uh, and uh, at the age of 12, her uh, she was in very poor condition yes. and uh, very bad arthritis. She was overweight. She had skin conditions, and um, she actually couldn't stand up on her own. You had to pick her up, oh. and then she could run. Mm. And we actually still have this dog. She's now no, 15. Really? <laughs> and that she's is really old for a dog, I yeah. mean, especially if it's a big dog. Yeah, she's yeah. about a 25-kilogram dog. Well, now she's 25 kilograms. Yes, yes. She's a border cr- collie cross Pro- something. Okay. We're not entirely sure. sure. I'm not sure yeah. what she, yeah. she's, she's a dog. She's lucky she landed up where she did. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Because, yes, I mean, let's look at some of the the aging, should we call it, side effects of aging. Mm -hmm. Um, Firstly, let's look at obesity. I think older dogs are more prone to, to picking up weight. Am I right in saying that? Uh, yes, they are picking up weight as a cumulative process in any species. So mm. once you, you yep. w- once you <laughs> don't I know it? <laughs> <laughs> once your calorie intake is higher than what you're spending, yeah, you will you will tend to store that. Mm. Um, and uh, so it's, it is quite important to to take into account how much your animal is moving and and maybe um, try and. Uh, walk the animal more and be more interactive with animals so that yes. there is a bit more movement in their life and then adjusting the portion size that you feed those okay, dogs. Okay, so as you well. adjust so the portion size. Exactly. Okay. So I mean your best your best guide to to whether you're feeding your dog too much or too little is the actual condition of the dog because right. they're all individual. They uh, you, you know their metabolisms are different, uh, the amount of exercise they do is different and so on. So you need to look at your dog and say, okay, is this dog where is this dog on a scale of mm. 1 to 5? Mm. I think that's that's quite an important point. You know, we often get people saying, well, you know, we fed precisely according to your guide on yes. the back of the bag and yet our dog is putting on weight or not putting on weight. And it's important to remember that, you know, there's a vast difference between an active dog. And, I mean, you would know we always relate everything back to humans. Yes. Uh, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, if you training hard and you're running or you're doing something, you eat a hell of a lot yeah, more. Yeah, your metabolism's mm. faster, right? Yeah, you know, than when you're going through a sedentary patch. It's the same with dogs. So it really is a guide, and as Sonia says, the condition of the dog is really the true test of whether yes. it's getting what it needs. And Because obesity is is a problem, I mean, not only with humans these mm. days, but with dogs mm. as well. Do you think that's people spoiling too many treats, all that mm. kind of thing? I think it's two things. Uh, a lot of pet owners maybe feel a little bit guilty. They mm. don't spend enough time with their pets, so they tend to equate food with love. Yes. And, mm. uh, you know, food is not love. Yeah. Right. That's on his <laughs> Food is not love. Food is not love. Uh, choc- not chocolate love. is love. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for your dog. That's true. Not for a dog. So that's the, the one side is that we don't maybe take into account all the extra calories we're giving to our pets as treats or toppers or, you know, a little mm. bit off the human table after they already had their dinner and so on. Yes. And, and, you know, everything obviously contributes to the calories ingested in a day. So if you are feeding these tidbits to your dog, additionally, you need to drop the portion size of the food that you're feeding to them balance as well. That out. And you have maybe a 10% leeway uh, after which you maybe now start unbalancing the food where you're getting maybe a little bit too much you know, doggy junk food mm-hmm. <laughs> in as part of their calories. Is, right. is it really the end of the world if your dog is a little bit yes. plump? Is obesity a health risk? It definitely is a health risk and for people and and for dogs and cats obviously as well. So we're quite 
used to thinking of, 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 you know, a little bit of extra padding that we have or the dogs have as an extra lunchbox, you know. So when you, <laughs> in case you miss a meal, you dip in there and you use a little bit of the fat, but. It's winter after all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's true. But, but actually fat on its own is a metabolic organ. So if you have too much fat, it starts playing havoc on your on your metabolism, but also on your endocrine system. It's because your fat secretes hormones and mm. uh, you know all sorts of things that play a part in how your body works properly. And we we are not like bears who are built to you know mm. to get fat mm. and then lose that while they hibernate and yes, so on. There, you know, that's sadly we're not. <laughs> we're not. We're not like that. So it actually it is a huge health risk and. And you uh, mentioned earlier that arthritis is also a big problem in senior animals as well. That's definitely true. And when you think about it, if you're carrying a lot of extra weight, it puts mm. all that extra uh, pressure and force on the joints as well. So it uh, it, uh, it definitely is a health risk. So, Sonia, we, we actually had a guest in last week who had a little pug uh, from Pug Rescue mm. with diabetes. Mm. And we were wondering, dogs, I mean, di- uh, diabetes is also something that uh, an aging dog is prone to. Do dogs get type 1 and type 2 or is it type 2? It's an interesting question. Uh, dogs get type 1 diabetes. So okay. Type 1 diabetes means that your pancreas is not secreting insulin. Correct. So, right. so it's, uh, you know, there are many theories why this happens. We don't know, we don't know exactly why, but it's definitely, uh, more common in obese animals. Uh, there is a link there. Um, on the other hand, you, you're still better off managing a type 1 diabetic patient uh, with a low-carbohydrate diet, yes. especially if that patient is also a carnivore, so it's closer to their natural diet as well. Right. Um, right. Interestingly to that, cats normally get a type 2 diabetes, really? so, which is uh, reversible with a nutritional change in 80% So of like cases. with humans, the type 2, it's a lifestyle it's a or lifestyle a lifestyle problem. Uh, problem. Yeah. And when you think about it, it makes sense. Most of our domestic cats are fed a very species and appropriate diet for them. Cats are obligate carnivores, yet most of the foods they're being fed are very high in carbohydrate, very high in grain content, yes. and do not just do not contain enough protein and fat and from meat for their optimal health. So, oh, and that's okay. actually how you reverse diabetes yes. in cats is yes. feeding them the species appropriate diet. Oh, really? And that mm. can actually reverse the type too. Exactly. That is so interesting mm. because I wonder if, like humans. I know diabetes in humans is growing like you wouldn't believe. Mm. Do you see the same in in animals? Mm, we do, maybe to a lesser lesser mm. extent. Also, let's not all dogs and cats get diagnosed correctly okay. as we do with humans as well. So not because vets are not doing their job, but because they're not being seen by vets. Yes, um, yes. And and I mean signs of diabetes in a dog would it be as per human weight loss? Uh, like, you know, loss of condition, that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, weight loss, mm. loss of condition, uh, drinking a lot of water, right, yes. uh, constant urinating, but uh, you'll, you'll pick it up that the dog is not feeling well. They're usually very off color. Mm, mm. They're not, they're not feeling right. Yes. Yeah. And then of course they do usually, I think all the time, have to go into insulin injections, just like a human being. Yeah. Well, cats usually originally, while you balance their, uh, their insulin curve, and then it can't be managed with yes. diet long term with many of those patients, not all of them, but many. 
uh, with cats, uh, with dogs, they almost always have to, be, have on to be on insulin. Yeah. Okay, because of the types of diabetes yes, they have. Yeah. That's interesting because you're also saying obesity has health risks. Yeah, we're talking about fatty liver. They can also get that, can't they? Yes, uh, cats can get fatty, fatty liver disease. Well, basically it's a, it's a problem in cats that are not fed enough protein. So when they either in starvation mode or simply not fed enough protein in their diet, because, uh, what happens is the f- body mobilizes the, 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 uh, the fatty acids, but it cannot, and then in the liver, those fatty acids need to be repacked with protein in order to be shuttled around to the rest of the body for use as energy. Yes. But what happens is if the a cat is starving or not being fed protein, is there no little vessels to attach the fatty acids to? So that's why it's a, it's a storage disease. So mm. it's all mobilized to the liver, but there's no way to get it out of the to liver. Get it out. And mm. how that's reversed is we used to think it's a, it was a terminal illness in cats, but subsequently it, it has been proven that you actually need to force feed those cats protein, uh, in oh. which case they can get, uh, they can sh- shuttle the, yes, so uh, the fat out of the liver. Exactly. Okay. Because mm. it's very involved. I get asked so often by people that call in readers of the magazine and they say, why can we not buy a bag of dog food and feed my cat as well or a bag of cat food? But they can't. I mean, they're two different species and they need different foods. Is it dangerous to feed a cat dog food or a dog cat food? It depends on the cat food and the dog food. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm, you know, um, Origin Makana, for example, our cat formulas and dog formulas are a lot closer than you would see in and some okay. other brands. Yes. Mm. So let's let's put it this way. So with cats being obligate carnivores and dogs being preferential carnivores, um, because most pet foods formulate for for you know profit return on on food as well, mm. um, they will be more closely formulated to meet minimum requirements as opposed to optimal requirements. So in that case, your dog food, because you can get away with lower amounts of meat in the formulation for the dog to survive on, yes. um, that formula will not be suitable for a cat who's an obligate carnivore whose minimum requirements are higher. Are higher. So with most foods on the market, you could not feed a dog food to a cat because you will be shortchanging the cat on essential nutrients. Okay, so, so long it's definitely not a good yeah. idea. Well, long term. In my mm. household, that the dog is very interested in the cat's food. Mm. The cat couldn't give two hoots about the dog food. Exactly, mm. and that S- takes yeah. us back to the amount of uh, meat that mm. you'll find. Your cat foods have to be formulated with more meat in them. Mm. You know, with mm. from an origin and point of view, we would argue that you would need to put in more than most pet foods do. Yeah. Uh, mm. But that's why your dog will always like the cat food because mm. it is actually a more mm. meat-dense product, so yeah. it's tastier to a carnivore. Mm. Yes, yes. If, if you look at Origin, for example, um, both Origin dog food and cat food is 80% meat. So wow. the, mm. the percentage meat content in That's both high. of those, in both dog and cat, is the same. Yes, and yes. we get those calls that I'm really concerned because my cat has started eating, eating the, dog the dog food. food you know right. how dangerous is this? But with the original, that we obviously we recommend that you that you feed the cat food <laughs> preferentially. Yes, yes. There's no danger to the cat yes. snacking on a few yeah, dog, sure, dog kibbles. Sure term, I mean, yeah, if it's every now and again, I don't think. In fact, yeah. my child when he was growing up, <laughs> he used to love the dog food. Well, I think he used to walk, at some yeah, point as a toddler, <laughs> yeah. handfuls of the dog food. <laughs> and eat it, so 
you know, and he's big and strong today, mm. so it did him no harm. My mom told us we'd get worms if we did that. Oh, really? So I, yeah, uh, I never tried. I know people who swear by taking Bob Martin multivitamins. They swear that it helps Keeps with their hair growth and, mm-hmm. yes. nice and it's, it's either great marketing or yes. Yes. So, uh, no. well, maybe it works. I don't know. Maybe it's it worth works. A try, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. but but Sonia, another effect of aging is we were talking about arthritis. Um, uh, my dog was recently diagnosed with having arthritis, and we could see it. She's very stiff in the morning when she wakes up. Or when we take her for a walk, she lags. She's slower. Mm-hmm. She starts mm-hmm. off great, but then doesn't get very far and then slows down. So we took her in, and they said, you know, early stages, but she's got mm-hmm. arthritis. She's a bull terrier. Is that common in aging dogs? Is it more the small breeds or the larger breeds? Where's the prevalence there? Um I think it's more noticeable in large breeds mm-hmm. uh, because they carry more weight. So for an owner, it would be much easier to notice if their gra- yes. if their great dane has slowed down. Um, Percentage-wise, I would need to speak under correction, but I would assume that it is more prevalent in large breeds okay. as well. Okay. So, um, but it's definitely a very common side effect of aging. Um, the what the most important thing is how much weight. The dog or cat is carrying, uh, because the more weight, as we were saying previously, the dog or cat is carrying, the more pressure it's putting on the joints. So that's the number, the number one rule. If your dog is struggling to, to move or already has been diagnosed as with, with arthritis, is to get the excess weight off yes. the animal. So that's so step one. That's step one, and you'll see a big difference with reducing their weight to the leaner side of optimal. So you want them to be, to be still, you know, in optimal condition, but Yes. Uh, but carrying as little weight as they can while remaining in good condition. So. Sonia, do they need to be on long-term medication for arthritis? I know I've got it on a natural supplement and the name escapes me, chondrasamine, something like that. Are you thinking of chondroitin and glucosamine? That's it. Sure. So. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> So what chondroitin and glucosamine are basically the building blocks of joints. So before we get to those, your next step after looking after the weight of the animal, so getting the the, mm. the structural damage out yes, of the way that yes. you continue to uh, to impose on the dog, is is to have a look at the anti-inflammatories. So uh, anti-inflammatories help stop the further destruction or slow down the further destruction of oh, the joint. Okay. So what really helps there is omega threes. So after so other than looking at a weight res, weight restriction diet is looking for a diet that is anti inflammatory. Um so you're looking for high amounts of omega threes, but you need the right omega threes. So dogs and cats being carnivores, they're not very efficient at converting plant omega threes like flaxseed oil into EPA and DHA, which are kind of the active form of omega-3s in their bodies. So um, so the best for, form to give them those anti-inflammatories is with fish oil so or with using a food that is formulated with fish oil with already fish oil in it. In. So okay. something like Origin 6 fish, which as the name indicates is six different kinds of fish, will have you know some of, if not the highest EPA and DHA levels on the market, even though it's not sold as a prescription joint food as such. It will have very good anti-inflammatory effect on the body. Okay, I'm going to be this guy. What if you gave them the human capsule that mm. you take for omega three? Would that that would also work? Really, you've got uh, 
Yeah, well, it's the same thing. So you're fish giving oil. them fish oil. Okay. It's okay, cool. fish oil, fish oil, or krill oil, or um, you know, algae. So, <laughs> is it best to give them the capsule in its entirety, or to sort of break it open and put it in their food? Depends how much your dog likes fish. I was just going to say, <laughs> have you tasted those capsules? Really? Yeah, I know. Sometimes they repeat on you throughout <laughs> they the day. Do. And, yeah. 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 So okay. But I think it's probably easier for a lot of uh, for a lot of owners to get the food and mm. with it in because then you don't forget uh, you don't get the dosage wrong and so on. But then on top of it, to give the it is possible the stuff to you mentioned. I'm not going to even yeah. try and pronounce it. Well, again. that's why we stick to shorthand: <laughs> EPA, DHA. Okay. Very long names, otherwise. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. so that helps with the anti-inflammatory effect. Also, low carbohydrate foods are, are less inflammatory than foods that contain a lot of carbohydrate. Mm. You, if you speak to your friends that have arthritis as well, they they almost always have a flare-up of uh, of a joint issue if they've you know if had a big bust out, a lot of beer, a lot of okay. <laughs> a lot of cake the day before. So that's another interesting one. Plus, uh, you know, as your protein goes up, your carbohydrate goes down, and the higher protein then helps you uh, with muscle mass retention. And uh, with more muscle mass, the, those those uh, muscles that are fit and strong uh, take over a lot of the pressure off the joints. Yes, so yes. So if you have dogs with hip dysplasia or arthritis or so on, the fitter they are with better muscling, the more pressure there will be on the joint capsule itself. Okay. So. And would you still need to have them on uh, anti-inflammatory drug or, or can you manage arthritis just with the right diet? You can manage a lot of arthritic cases with the right diet because what the um, what the prescription drugs do is they're painkillers. Mm. So if your dog is sufficiently comfortable where he doesn't need an additional medication on top of that, there's then no 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 benefit of such of dosing him with medication because yes. it doesn't fix the problem, it masks the it problem. Masks the, that's what I was yeah. wondering. And also mm. I, I wonder about the long-term use exactly. of it's an So yeah. ideally you don't want to be on a long-term painkiller, but of Mm-mm. course in those situations where, where the dog is really really not comfortable enjoying life, then it's worth the risk. Yes. So, but and, I w- and I've heard of other alternative therapies like mm. uh, aquatherapy and, mm. and massage and that mm. sort of thing as well. Well, when you think about it, what aquatherapy does, it helps you rebuild those muscles and the fitness of the muscles around the joints without putting pressure on the joint itself. Yes. So it takes us back to having, you know, as fit a dog um, as possible. Right. As and well. that's easier, I suppose, mm. if you've got a... An elderly, overweight uh, mm. dog with arthritis, you don't want to take it for a jog around the block. No, you can't to, start there. You know, no. mm. exercise is important, mm. but I suppose you have to tailor, tailor it to that dog's current situation. Exactly. And then the glucosamine chondroitin, which you mentioned. Mm. So those are the building blocks of joints. So once you've sorted out the... The structural damage and the inflammation that's happening in the joint, uh, then you want to rebuild those joints with glucosamine and chondroitin. But that's, it's, it's a better management tool than it is a reversal tool because yes. there are point past which a joint cannot be repaired again. No, sure. So, if sadly. your dog has arthritis, could it be that it was sort of in its genes to get it or was it a dietary deficiency or whatever the case may be? Lifestyle. Mm. It's usually, in the genes, so, so basically what it means is not that a dog will necessarily get arthritis, but if the joint is not formed correctly or the angles are not right, because the wear and tear on the joint is not as it should be by perfect design in a dog, you're more likely to end up with damage long term. So that's why, you know, sportsmen often get arthritis in joints yes. they've hurt, you know, playing rugby mm, and so on. So, mm. so f- from that point of view, yes, obviously breeds where that, uh, 
um, you know, where that design has kind of veered a lot away from the original dog design. So German Shepherds mm. with very slopy backs, you know, yes. what we call frog legs. Uh, so back legs that, you know, that don't, that look like frog legs. Right. Which right. is why it's called. Obviously those breeds will be much more susceptible because, you know, the design puts unnatural pressures on their joints. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And now another thing that comes up often that affects older dogs is, is dental health. Mm. Um, they, like us, they get bad teeth, they get rotten teeth, they get mm-hmm. gum disease, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Is that something that nutrition can help with as well? To a point, um, at Origin and Akana Champion Pet Foods in particular, we do not have a dental diet, predominantly because uh, we don't find the the current studies that we have sufficient proof that mm. you can clean Teeth with kibble as such, yes. so the the effect is there, but it's minimal. Okay. And the reason for that is when you think of of the of the kind of density of a kibble, it's basically like a cracker. So it's the equivalent of me telling you that you don't have to brush your teeth anymore. Just eat a cracker, just eat a cracker mm. because the abrasion the abrasion will clean yes, your teeth. Yes. And you know, so the effect there is quite minimal. Where you do see a lot of cleaning action with through food or things that are ingested is if your dogs chew on rawhides or bones or something that is much much harder and which they spend you know hours literally chewing because it keeps their interest, the flavor and so on. And what about things like a carrot? I know, give my dogs a carrot to eat or an apple, mm. something like that. Would that help? Again, when you think about the um, the density of mm. a carrot or apple and how long they spend eating it, yeah. it's not it's, very, it's it's not very long. So, unfortunately, you, the best way to clean the dog's teeth is the same way it is yeah. to clean your teeth, and that is with, with the brush and toothpaste. <laughs> with the brush and toothpaste, but you need to do it frequently enough, otherwise, if you. I mean, yes. but how do you rinse it? Because a human knows to put the water in the mouth and spit it out. And the dog, what do you do? I think I need to clarify here. You need to use a dog toothpaste, which is edible. (laughs) And its own toothbrush, Johnny. So glad you told me that. (laughs) But tell me, Sonia, Mm. I saw there was a lot of, a lot being said last week on social media. This, um, uh, sort of post was going around everywhere talking about the Extreme dangers of rawhide, mm. and I mean, I read. I've never given my raw my dogs rawhide. I mm. don't like the smell. I mm. don't like where it comes from. But this was saying that rawhide can cause blockages. It definitely can. Also, do you agree with that? That it's yes. not the best idea for a treat. It's kind of like everything in life. Everything mm. comes with pluses and minuses. Sure. So on the one hand, you have the great. Uh, you know, d- dental effect of having something solid for a dog or cat to chew more dog, mm. obviously with rawhides. Mm. On the other hand, you have the potential dangers. So with rawhide, one of the main problems is that if you leave the dog with the entire rawhide and he gets, he eats three quarters of it and there is, you know, a, a, a piece of it left over that a lot of dogs will swallow that. Yes. And that's what causes, whole. that's what causes the blockage. So I think the, the lesson here is that you need to choose the right rawhide size for your dog. So you can't give a great Dane something that's, you know, chihuahua sized, which mm. he will swallow whole because that definitely can cause a blockage. The same goes with bones as well. Also bones have the additional problem of potentially splintering. This is more common in cooked bones than in raw bones, but it also depends on, on the personality of your dog. You have many dogs that have eaten bones their entire life. They started as puppies. They daintily 
clean them of everything that's edible and yes. leave, you know, <laughs> leave the actual bone or you have those that swallow the thing whole. Yes. So you, you need to know the dog you're dealing with. The problem, additional problem with rawhide is that a lot of them are sourced from the tanning industry mm. and not from the food industry. They're treated with chemicals, they're yes. dyed and so on. Mm. So you also need to carefully choose the quality of rawhide you, you're prepared to give your dog as yes, well. Yes, that was what they were mentioning, mm. the yeah. chemicals that go in there, the preservatives exactly. and, and you know, everything. Yeah, Sharon, I was going to say we've just got back from a visit um, to Canada to the Champion Pet Food Kitchens in Alberta. Mm. And part of that visit was popping into pet stores and some of their bigger pet retailers in Canada. And it was quite interesting for us to see, um, you know, the the things that Canadian pet retailers, how they position themselves. That must and, have been and, and one of those, one of the things was um, that shops would distinct, you know, Distinguish themselves by saying we don't stock rawhide. Big signs on the really? outside. This is a no rawhide store. Mm. Um, so, so it is a big issue, and, it, and you know, in a place like Canada, yes. it's been a big issue for a while, and they're taking a stand on it. So, no, absolutely, you know, mm. absolutely. The, the jury's out, really. But it, you know, it, it is interesting to see the way that they decided to. And go. it will get you, I mm. think, eventually, if the states is already waking up to it, the dangers. It does, yeah. It yeah. will get there, and it also it raises the bar that uh, if if what the Consumers are now looking for is, uh, you know, rawhide mm. uh, that comes from the the food industry that's not treated with chem- chemicals that's treated as food throughout its process. Yes, you know, that's not left with the dog unsupervised. And I think that's a good point with any kind of chew chew foods or yes. treats or toys you leave with your dog that you know they really should be supervised. Um, you know, I think it, it's a good thing because it raises all the, no, sure. it raises I, the I, standard I of the industry. I suppose the same applies to the, the hooves that you get. Mm. Mm. Uh, are they safer marginally or same thing? I, again, I don't mm. give them to my dogs because I don't like the smell. Mm. They go all gungy. They would mm. love to have them. And also probably because we don't eat meat in our house and to have that there mm. just yeah. puts me off. Are they safer though? I personally don't think so. Really? So with the, with our dogs, what they have had access to is actually rawhide, supervised rawhide, big rawhide, and mm-hmm. rawhide that comes with full traceability from the yeah, from the human yes. food industry. The problem with hoofs is that because of the sharp angles on them, your a lot of your dogs can actually get the hoof between their top and bottom teeth, in which case the hoof is stronger than a lot of their teeth mm. and you get teeth splintering in dogs. So that's mm, okay. that is oh, yeah. that is, you know, quite painful to the dog and quite sure. painful to your wallet to sort out as well. But so. now what would be the best thing for them? I know that what I've done is mm. I've got a bull terrier and a pit bull mm. cross. So I get them the big, big marrow bones mm. that they'll spend hours, you know, chewing on it and then eventually hiding it in the digging it a mm. hole in the garden. Mm. Are those better? A, a natural bone that you yourself give it to them raw? It depends on the dog. Again, <laughs> okay. Yeah. We've tried a, um, a product that's a, a stag horn. Oh yes, mm. right. Um, which is which is the most amazing substance. Uh, it's incredibly hard. They chew on, I mean, we've had them for almost six months and our dogs chew on them almost daily. They wear them down incredibly slowly. And I mean, I'm baffled by what the substance actually is in the structure of it because, yes. you know, nothing else has lasted this long. Mm. We've got oh, some big chewers really? at home and they've, they've barely made a dent. In fact, we are hoping to get the people into studio mm. that actually mm. do the stag because the first, my first instinct was, <gasps> 
the poor deer, but mm. no, apparently these are the, the shades the that they shed. They shed yes. Yes. Oh, wow, yeah. that's awesome. So mm. no deer was hurt in the manufacturing in the of, of this tutorial. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, it really does last an incredible amount of mm. time. It's, in, it's incredibly hard, but it seems to have, when they start chewing it, it seems to have a, a sort of, it develops a softening. Soft, yes. There's oh, a bit okay. of a softening with the, the moisture of the saliva. Um, so it doesn't seem to damage their. It their must teeth. give off some sort of taste for them to chew on it for that long. There must does, be some yeah. appeal. Mm. Yeah. You know, six months down the line. So that, that would be a very interesting discussion. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think I was just looking at in our previous previous issue. We had a little article in on the staghorns. Mm. Mm. I actually mm. must go and get some mm. for my yeah. dogs because that sounds yeah. much much that, better. Mm. They're not particularly well. cheap, mm. but if you look at the cost per chew. But I if it lasts, yeah. yeah. as I you think, say, it's the length that I think it's actually good value for money. And then going back to aging, another sign of aging obviously is is lack of condition of the coat. Do mm. dogs and cats, can they lose hair like human beings? Is it something that their coat condition also goes downhill as they get older? Not necessarily. And I think okay. that's uh, something that we're seeing now as we're getting more and more senior dogs that have had origin, in particular Barakana as well, is uh, that a lot has changed in the thinking of of optimal feeding of senior animals. Mm. So um, where before um, the, the, the opinion was that you need to drop the protein content of senior animal diets in order to preserve their kidneys, we've now made a radical 180% turn the other way where it's now um, a standard that you need to increase the amount of protein you feed senior okay. animals. Oh, okay. And obviously your hair and skin condition and so on, it's made up out of protein. Yes, so, so you'll that see, will improve. You'll definitely but see now an improvement in their condition. renal failure is mm. another side effect of, uh, mm. of aging. So right. would that not affect that then? Um, well, protein does not cause the initial damage or the progression of mm. renal disease. What happens, though, is with animals with already existing kidney failure, and here we're talking with where more than 75% of both kidney function is gone. So yes. your kidneys are you know, built with a huge capacity, a huge reserve to um, um, to processing. So what kidneys do is basically they're the sewer system of the body. So sure. they get rid of, of all the byproducts of protein digestion, but digestion of other nutrients as well. Um, so what happens with those failing kidneys is that they can no longer effectively get rid of those byproducts at a rate that they need to, so the animal feels ill. But it's not the protein itself that damaged the kidneys originally uh. or caused further damage to the kidneys when fed. So in those cases, of course, you need to you need to then give mm. them you know the amount of protein they can handle yes but uh, it does come at a price at the condition of the rest mm. of the dog mm. so but with healthy animals and as i said you have a huge reserve of kidney uh, of kidney function yes. you they they absolutely do better on a on a high protein or a carbohydrate diet which is you know species appropriate for dogs of all ages yes mm. so so tell me older dogs should they be eating smaller amounts more often or can they, you know, like middle-aged dogs, younger dogs, have one meal a day or two meals a day? No, they don't necessarily need to eat more often. Mm. Uh, twice a day is usually is, is a good schedule for most animals. Is that most, ideal? For not most twice a day, yeah. not once a day? Once a day, when you think about it, you know, you're going to be very hungry before mm. you get your next day's meal because you've gone for 24 hours without food. Yeah. So uh, we find that most owners, it's, it work, it fits well into their schedule because they can feed yes. them before they go to work and when they come back from work. Um, mm. it, it works quite well. Also, you're feeding them smaller portions as well. So, you know, there's 
less maybe it's easier for the digestive mm. system to handle you know a smaller amount of, of food stomach torsion mm. exactly so no absolutely you can feed them three times a day but uh, a mm. lot of people I think find that impractical we were thinking the other day with the load shedding at least the dogs don't have to worry <laughs> you don't have to yeah. cook for them yeah. <laughs> they never have a worry <laughs> they don't have to eat cheese rolls or <laughs> potatoes I think they would love it either way probably yeah. probably <laughs> and Sonia before we let you go anything else that people should be aware of with older dogs as they age, anything that they should be changing in terms of diet, exercise, general lifestyle of the dog. I know one of the things dear to me is that they they do feel the cold more. So in winter, I just feel so sorry for these old dogs that are outside. Because yeah. I'm sure they do. Uh, I'm sure older people feel the cold more, so it stands to reason that dogs would. Am I right? No, of course. Uh, mm. Of course. If you're cold, your dog is cold. Sure. <laughs> it's quite as simple as that. So, sure. so I think, uh, you know, the older dogs, they're, they're more sensitive. They may be less adaptable to change, so they're, they're, they're going to be more affected if there's change in the family dynamic or one mm. of their, you know, f- friends dies and so on. So, yes. so you need to be, you need to be cognizant of that, that they, you know, they, they need more care and more of your love. They've devoted their entire life to you. And Absolutely. I think you need to be there for their last couple of years when they need mm. more specialized care than maybe they were, you know, young and, uh, and happily running around. Mm. So. Yes. I mean, one, of, one of the big things that um, Sonia does very well is that as our dogs age, she takes them in for geriatric checkups at the vet, not when something goes wrong. Right. Uh, but as a preemptive checkup to make sure that we try and catch things earlier before they become a bigger issue for yes, all the dogs. that's a good idea. Um, and that's, that's a, a good suggestion. That is a few a good other idea. suggestions, um, again, things that we do at home, is we make sure that the older dogs don't have high beds to climb up onto yes. or into. Yes. But at the same time, we make sure that the bed is sufficiently comfortable, that they don't, mm. you know, that they're not on a hard floor. Yeah, not um, close okay. to the Softer surfaces mm-hmm. for mm, the, for the yes. joints. Mm. Um, keep them warm. Mm. Keep them, keep them out of, Cold yes. wind and so on. I mean, it's common sense, really. Mm. I know you can it's get those pet stairs. Mm. Mm. Uh, and they exactly. say stairs. I mean, I know people who live in, in cluster complexes that are upstairs mm. and downstairs. And these little old doggies do struggle mm. with it. So just keep that in, yeah. in mind. Oftentimes I find with uh, mm. the older dogs I've had, they find getting on the couch, getting mm. off, mm. then you kind of have to help them. Yes. It's, uh, yes. It's, um, no, it's, it's yeah. very sad. They say the one... Dogs are faultless. The only mm. fault they have is that they don't live long. Yeah. That's the sad okay. part. Because yeah. exactly. I think, what is it, maximum, we're talking about 15, 16 years? And mind you, I've heard of his 18-year-old. I've heard of a very small dog who was 18, 19. Mm. Yeah, mm. very small dog, so okay. lucky buggers. <laughs> no, sure. Well, our old Border Collie's cross is 15 now, so we, and we'll keep you posted. We'll and still very <laughs> strong, still fit, healthy. Still, still very mobile, still very happy who with life. Who can do the maths? Mm. Times by seven. Times seven. Fifteen times seven. Anybody know? Seven. Yeah, hundred and five. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. So she's doing well. No. So mm-hmm. so really, they are awesome dogs. And just a reminder that there are so many of these golden oldies in shelters countrywide. Mm. People really adopt the old dogs, mm. and they really deserve a good life for the twilight years. And they're often the most loving. And they're yeah. the most loving. Mm. So please go out there. And they come there. house trained. And usually, yeah. usually, and but well they're behaved. the most loving. <laughs> 
No, so please, if you're looking to give an oldie a home, get hold of your local shelter. Well, we run out of time again today. Um, I'm sure John is going to follow up on the previous uh, call Justin. from Justin, and we'll let you know next week what's going on. In the meantime, uh, you have a good week further, and as we usually say, give all your pets love from us. Cliffcentral.com.